0: Hey, y'all. Cable here, and this week's show brought to you by the Stillwaters Ranch in Llano, Texas. Right now, my buddy Clayton Leverett is offering a 2016-17 Trophy Whitetail package for the upcoming season. That's right. Any whitetail buck up to 199 inches for seven grand. Yeah, seven grand's a lot of money. We all know that, but when you factor in the cost of a lease, of feed, of fuel, all that good stuff, it adds up pretty quick. I can tell you, I've got my own deer lease. I don't know if I spend seven grand, but it ain't cheap. So if you're looking for a lot less hassle and the opportunity to shoot a great buck with none of that, hey, I'm going to tack on another $100 by the inch crapola that so many ranches do these days, then give Clayton a call. You can find him at the thestillwatersranch.com. That's the Stillwaters Ranch in Llano, Texas. I had the pleasure of hunting down there last season, and not only is the ranch run by salt-of-the-earth kind of people, uh, but it's been in the family since 1892, so a lot of history there. Check it out, stillwatersranch.com, to book your trophy whitetail hunt.
1: I retrieved every bird that ever fell to your gun. Quail from the fence roll mallard when the creeks would flood. I even found a shed antler one time. Couldn't wait to see your daddy's proud smile. We haunted those good morning, good morning, good morning, sweet, beautiful
0: Texas and beyond. Of course, it had to be Boy and His Dog from Justin Bowerman. Kicking things off for us here on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors Show, brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith, and uh, it is great to be here with you. Talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies it uh, truly is a treat. Thanks for dropping in and spending a part of your weekend with me. Although, for me, it is kind of with a heavy heart, as we had to say goodbye to an old hunting buddy of mine of 14 years this past week. I had to put uh, our Chocolate Lab Maverick down, and to say that was harder than I expected is a gross understatement. So anyway, uh, today's broadcast will be dedicated to that crazy old dog, because to be honest with you, if it wasn't for him, I don't think uh, I would even be in the hunting or outdoor industry at all. We took up duck hunting together 13 years ago and never looked back, Uh, so here we are today, Uh, but saying goodbye is never easy, that is for sure. But uh, despite all of the uh, tears and heartache of this week, we still have a great show lined up for you. One that I'm very excited about. Uh, And off the top, we will talk some summer catfishing. Uh, If you're not aware, this is actually the time of year when uh, blue cats and channel cats spawn. And our old friend, Greg Pavor of Pavor Outdoors, longtime catfishing guide, will drop in. He'll tell us where to find these spawning catfish, what to catch them on, and uh, we can get him to give us his favorite recipe as well. Uh, So cool stuff coming up here with Greg. Then Aaron and Carla Clark of Montag County, Texas, will drop in to share a harrowing tale. Uh, Carla was actually attacked by a 300-pound feral hog here in recent weeks. Ended up with a pretty hefty hospital bill, lots of stitches, and uh, we'll take a listen to their experience. Hopefully, we can learn from that as well. Because those big boars are not to be taken lightly. That's for sure. After that, um, oh yeah, our new Texas Parks and Wildlife Share Lunker Program Leader, Kyle Brookshire, just took over the position, which Dave Campbell held for for so long. Did amazing things with that Share Lunker Program. But Kyle is our new program leader. We'll take a look at what was a terrible year for the program as far as 13-plus-pound bass being caught. Only two entries? Are you kidding me? That is well below the norm, and with ideal conditions, it's somewhat shocking. And we'll pick Kyle's brain on why he thinks the Sherlunker season was such a disappointment overall. Uh, then we'll round out the broadcast when Debbie Hagabush of the Y.O. Ranch headquarters drops in. She's the longtime director of tourism down at the historic Texas Ranch. I had the pleasure of hunting Axis deer down there a couple weeks ago. So we'll talk a little bit about the hunting, but more importantly, the new owners have really decided to invest a lot of money and give this this worthy destination a facelift that, gosh, was long overdue. Uh, they're taking it in a new direction and really trying to restore the history and tradition of this great Cattle and hunting ranch. So uh, we'll get into uh, the Y.O. here in just a little bit as well. So it's going to be a good one. Y'all know what to do. Pull up your stool a little closer to the campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee and settle in because we are about to rock and roll. Uh, Real quick, let's do a Costa Sunglasses giveaway. I've got a uh, cap, t-shirt, and hoo-rag thing you put over your face to uh, prevent skin cancer. Uh, A lot of the anglers are wearing those these days a uh, third person to text in the word catfish that's catfish to 2142897807 that's catfish to 2142897807 will win the Costa Prize pack so anyway uh throw your hat in the ring for a chance to win that bad boy uh last thing I want to do here and we'll see if I can get through this I don't know but uh I wrote a little piece here just kind of reflecting back on uh that dog's life that that touched me and so many ways over the past 14 years. And so I'm going to try to read it for you here today. And then we'll go ahead and uh, take a commercial break and come back and talk some catfishing. So it's called a ode to Maverick. Here it goes. The void you left only aches because of all the joy you brought. You gave everything asking for nothing. Our bond was formed despite my imperfections. I was just a 20 year old kid full of pride and ready for anything. But how could I ever be ready for today? You were my family before I had a family. You've seen me at my best and so many times my worst. The gifts you gave taught me much for patience, loyalty, and unconditional love are virtues not easily attained. All these years you watched over me as our family slowly grew, showing them the same love you showed me. But today, we say goodbye, old friend, your race being run. Where that kid once stood, now stands a man. So sleep peacefully then, knowing your work here is finished. The job was well done.
1: Don't blink, cause like blue bonnets in the spring We're only here for a little while It's beautiful and bittersweet So make the most of every mile
2: Old friend, shine like diamond. Old
1: friend, you can always call. Old friend, Lord, you can't
4: find. You know, it's old friend.
0: Old friends, the late great Guy Clark bringing us back on Dallas Safari Club's Long Star Outdoors Show. Brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff. Power Polaris, I'm Cable Smith, and we are saying goodbye to an old friend of mine today. uh, Celebrating and looking back on the life of my hunting buddy of 14 years, old Maverick. Passed on to that big duck blind in the sky, and so it's been a very trying week to say the least, but... Man, I'm so grateful for all the texts that I've received from you fine folks and, uh, and then all the comments on social media. So many of y'all have been in the, in the same situation, and I've been uplifted, to say the least, reading y'all's comments. So uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, we are about to talk some catfishing with an old friend of ours here momentarily. Uh, but before we do that, this segment of the show is brought to you by dallas safari club the worldwide leader in big game conservation and to get plugged in with this great group of folks who are passionate about hunter education hunter's rights and conservation check us out at biggame.org okay uh well let's go ahead and bring on a long time hunting and fishing pal of ours uh someone who got to spend a lot of time in the duck blind with maverick as well it is my pleasure to welcome Greg Pavor of Pavor Outdoors back to the program.
1: Good morning, Cable. Always glad to be on the show and talk with you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And I guess,
0: you know, it's highly appropriate that one of my oldest duck hunting buddies joins us since you had the pleasure of
1: hunting with Maverick quite a few times over the years. Oh, man, I'm so sorry to hear about that. He was a, he was a heck of a dog. I'm yeah. a, lots, of, lots of good memories with him, that's for sure. Yeah. A little, good little dog well we started hunting together
0: here in the north texas area you and i and you know i would already yep. had maverick at that point but then you moved off to uh lubbock for school and you know we'd come out there and chase uh ducks and geese with you and uh one of the most amazing things about that dog though is he had no upland training or really experience at all and he figured those pheasants out pretty quickly
1: oh gosh it, it was nice to watch him work i, I felt bad for him to to do all the work for us I'm always (laughs) used to walking and it sure was nice to have him along
0: yeah yeah we have a lot of good memories
1: um you betcha and I'm going to take his
0: ashes out to Lake Ray Roberts and uh spread them out at a special place that him and I when we first started hunting that'll do right by him he'll he'll be just fine with him but uh you know it's nice to reminisce about a good old hunting dog but today we're going to shift gears and and talk some catfish that's what I really want to get into this morning uh you've been guiding and fishing competitive catfish tournaments for a decade or so now, so a lot of experience and knowledge uh, you know you've attained in that time frame. Uh you had a couple of successful trips last weekend, you sent me pictures, some happy anglers, and I think those were mostly blue cats, right?
1: Mostly blues and uh Mostly blues have uh, been fishing a couple of different lakes. And, um, you know, one trip we had all blues. Another trip, um, uh, we had a good mixture of blues and channel cats. And, and even caught a nice flathead one night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the blue cats,
0: though, they're basically wrapping up their spawn about this time. I know you still caught a few that had eggs in them.
1: Yep, yep. Some blues, um, uh, they're coming to an end. Um, you know, about a quarter of the percentage of the uh, blues I've been catching have been have had eggs in them so far, uh, still. But they're really big and bloody, and um, the blues are going to come to an end real quick. But the channel cats, they're they're pretty much in full spawn right now. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Well, so are you saving the row? Because I've, I always tell you keep that those egg sacks and fry them up. They're delicious.
1: They all go into the cable smith bag in the freezer.
0: <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> oh, that's what I like to hear, man. Um,
1: just just the best for you.
0: Yeah. Well, so talk about where you're finding them. Like you said, the uh the channel cats are in full, you know, full bloom here during their their spawn. Um, the blue cats are wrapping up, but it looks like, you know, you're getting into both of them. So where are you finding them?
1: Well, mainly right now, you know, all the lakes are pretty much at full and even above full. Mm-hmm. So right now there's tons of flood vegetation everywhere. So it can make it difficult um on locating the fish just because everywhere looks good uh for fishing right now. So really you gotta stay on the move and um keep keep after locating the fish and then when you do find the fish you're really gonna find them. Mm-hmm. Um so wind blown points I've been targeting um where some willow trees um, and like I say, a vegetation, but they really do like the willow trees. Uh, if you could find those areas provide good shade and good structure. Um, mhm. okay. Um, and
0: now are, are you finding both species kind of mixed together?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. You betcha you the channels and blues, you will definitely catch them right next to each other. Um, mixed in like those windblown points. Um, the You know, the main lake points is where I've been doing the best, um, not really so much on the secondary points, mm-hmm. but um, you will find the blues and channels mixed in.
0: Well, so Greg, you know, when you're looking for these spawning areas, like you said, main lake points are good, but if you're a catfish, what are you specifically looking for? Are you looking for a hard bottom or a soft bottom or a log or, you know, what are, what is the ideal nesting site for a catfish? If you're gonna say well,
1: I'm catfish. gonna throw my bait right there because I know there's a catfish. <laughs> sure. Well, catfish them uh, they are cavity nesters, so you know they are gonna um, spawn underneath the log or or a fan out a good mud spot. Um, and riprap is real good areas. Those channel cats will get in those riprap areas um, and spawn in the rocks. Okay. Um, right now, you know uh, a lot of rocks and riprap is is covered up or almost covered up. But if you know where those areas are, especially um, with rocks underneath the water right now, um, where the wind's hitting them, it's really good areas to target the channel cats.
0: Well, what kind of bait are you having the most success with right now?
1: Right now, this time of year, you can almost use anything. Um, They're just really hungry, but uh, cut shad and and cut bait um, works real good. And then also punch bait for channel catfish. Um, but right now, if you could find the fish, um, you, you can almost catch them on any bait right now.
0: Okay. All right. So just feeding pretty voraciously. Um,
1: yep. They're what... in a feeding, you know, they're kind of in a feeding frenzy and really active. Uh-huh. And, um, if you can locate them, especially around their nest and, and those spawning areas, they're going to, they're going to eat, um, almost wherever you have
0: okay real quick uh what uh, what pound test and and which uh size circle hook are you are you using right now?
1: well I like to use eight out circle hooks um yeah. just in case you know it's a little bit bigger hook, but I do like to target the little bigger fish, but if you wanted to catch uh smaller you could go down on on the size of a hook but um right now you, you know you just never know what you're gonna what you're gonna hook into, so I like to have a fair battle mm-hmm. um but line wise and stuff, you know, anywhere, um, 30 to 80 pounds. Um, you know, I've been doing evening fishing in the evening and into the night. Um, we had caught a 23 pound, uh, flathead last weekend and, and he got tangled up in a tree and then another tree and about 10 minutes later, we finally got him to the boat (laughs) and, uh, you know, they, they like to hold of that structure. And if you have a lighter line, um you could definitely have a chance of losing uh a lot of the bigger fish if you do look into' them. sure,
0: oh yeah, those flatheads are notorious for you know being in really thick uh mm-hmm. you know structure or or submerged uh trees or limbs or whatever uh we've we've done a you know a river monster quest uh, up around lake Louisville, and uh yeah. they like some they like some nasty stuff. I did want to ask you though Oh, yeah. About the flatheads, is much known about their spawn?
1: Uh, yes, um, uh, yes, there there is some uh, quite a bit of info out there uh-huh. um about the spawn. They're also calving nesters too. Sure. Um, and um, you know, about March, at the end of March, they start really moving around looking for 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 areas, and then up till now, um, they'll be um probably coming to an end here at the end of June spawning. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you can still catch them. I mean, like the hottest times of the summer, I know uh, you can still catch them in uh, bins and creeks and stuff. I know that's where you like to target. Uh, And your favorite bait for that, I think, is what, live perch?
1: Yeah, the the flatheads, really, live bait is the best. I still do catch them every once in a while, cup bait, but live bait is is the best for those flatheads. Okay. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, so obviously all three species we've talked about today, channels, blues, flatheads, they're all great once you bread them and put them in the grease. Can't beat fried catfish. Um, but Greg, I know you really enjoy the cooking aspect, just like I do. Um, and so, if you're not going to fry them, uh, what is your your first of all, which fish do you prefer, and secondly, how do you cook them?
1: My brother got me on one recipe here a few years ago, and it's really good. I'm a coconut catfish in the huh? oven. And um you get a good fillet of uh, smaller I like to use smaller fish, uh smaller blues or smaller channel. Uh-huh. And the blues are real good for this recipe and you you get some you dip it in coconut milk and then you dip it in breadcrumbs mixed with um coconut uh shavings. Uh-huh. And um and then you, you you bake that in the oven and drizzle a little bit of honey and a little more coconut uh, milk over it and boy it comes out so sweet and good.
0: Oh man, yeah, that sounds delicious. I'll have to, I'll have
1: to put that one in the rotation for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, hey, it's different. A little bit healthier. Try not to eat the fried, you know, fried fish every every month. So I got to change it up every now and then. Yeah,
0: right on, man. Well, Greg, so obviously now is a great time uh, to get after the catfish. The blues are wrapping up their spawn. The, the channels are in full swing. Uh, so if folks want to book a trip with you, I know they can find you at poutdoors.com. And if you want to give your, uh, your cell phone number, uh, go ahead. Sure,
1: sure. My cell phone number is 940-206-6375. And I do um, uh, catfish trips in North Texas area and um, West Texas. So wow. just a little bit of everywhere. And folks mm-hmm. can also uh, follow you on Facebook and Instagram
0: as well. So check out oh, the, Greg's pages there. Well, hey, man. Certainly appreciate it. Uh, I'll look back fondly on all those good times we shared with Maverick, and I uh, look forward to uh, our next visit.
1: Oh, gosh, yeah, Caleb. I'm sorry to hear again about them, and uh, I'm sure Belle would do do her best to them uh, to make you happy.
0: Well, all right, man. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks a lot,
1: Cable. Have a good one.
0: All right, there he goes, our old buddy Greg Pavor of Pavor Outdoors. Uh, Lots of good times spent, uh, not only in the duck blind, but upland hunting with Greg over the years, and, of course, Maverick right there with us. Uh, That segment of the show brought to you by Pulsar Night Vision and Thermal Imaging Technology. If you're looking for a way to get after those depredating hogs or coyotes at night, check out their full lineup of scopes and monoculars, and you'll save twenty percent, that's right, twenty percent off of your purchase by using my promo code Lone Star. That's just Lone Star. And you can check out their full lineup of thermal and night vision optics right there at pulsarnv.com. Okay, let's take a quick break. Up next, a harrowing tale out of Montag County, Texas. We'll be joined by Aaron Clark and his mom Carla, as Carla was viciously attacked by a three hundred pounds feral hog here a couple weeks back. The huge boar left some serious battle scars but the story does have a happy ending and we'll get into all of that next with Aaron and Carla Clark only on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show. My old friend has
3: got an easy kind of style A wandering soul and a welcome home smile And I can't imagine how it might have been growing up without my old friend.
0: Smith here for Deerview Windows. As a whitetail hunter, nothing is more frustrating than poor visibility in a deer blind. It can flat ruin a hunt. At Deerview Window Company, they manufacture windows solely for the use in deer stand and deer blinds. All of their windows and doors can be custom made to fit your specific openings. Or you can select from standard sizes from hinged windows to sliding windows and everything in between. Visit DeerviewWindows.com to determine which style window is best for your deer blind. Plus, you'll get a free quote. Deerview Windows, where visibility matters. <coughs> Cable Smith here for the beautiful Eagle Shores at Lake Bob Sandlin. Only a few deep water dockable lakefront home sites remain. This is the fastest selling community ever on Lake Bob Sandlin. So come enjoy the no pressure atmosphere when you take a look at these amazing lakefront properties before they sell out. Call 877-9-LAKESIDE or visit www.EagleShoresTexas.com Rockwall Gun Club is North Texas' premier shooting facility, offering both indoor and outdoor ranges, including a unique 500 yard rifle range. If shotgunning's your thing, then check out the 18 station clay course. Opening summer 2014, Rockwall Gun Club is offering special introductory family and corporate membership rates for founding members. Located at 15950 State Highway 205, you can also visit rockwallgunclub.com or call 972 215 6902 Rockwall Gun Club, the private shooting experience. Howdy friends, Cable Smith here, and many of you have seen my pictures throughout the last hunting season of my Custom 7 mag. That rifle was built by Horizon Firearms. Horizon Firearms is a custom rifle builder here in Texas located in College Station, and they specialize in extremely accurate custom rifles designed exactly the way you want them. Give them a call at 979-229-4664 or check them out at horizonfirearms.com. LSC Trailer Sales offers a full line of utility trailers from small single axle trailers to heavy equipment trailers, ATV trailers, car haulers, landscape trailers, cargo trailers, truck beds, and more. They can special order a custom trailer to fit your needs and have the ability to customize standard models in-house. LSC Trailer Sales is here to assist you with any questions that you have about trailers. Call 940-566-1133 or visit lsctrailersales.com. That's lsctrailersales.com. Are you looking for the perfect place to send your hunting buddy? Then check out Tioga Retrievers. With over 20 years' experience, Angie and Tim Becker can provide you with a field champion or a well-rounded hunting companion. Tioga Retrievers takes pride in catering to the needs of each owner and their dog. Conveniently located 45 miles north of DFW in Aubrey, Texas, Tioga Retrievers also offers day training and boarding. Call 940-440-0018 or visit them online at www.tiogaretrievers.com. That's T-I-O-G-A, retrievers.com.
5: Don't waste time praying, cause I'm never coming back Just throw a party in my name And put the keg on my coffin And think of me ever so often have a loser's day parade for all my friends Drink up life like a river till the pizza man delivers Smile and know I loved you till the end what Love that
0: one there from the Push Stars. No Keg no, on my coffin. It's bringing us back on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. Brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Haf Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith. Great to be here talking all things outdoors with you today. Thanks for celebrating the life of my uh, my old hunting buddy of 14 years, Maverick, here this morning. As uh, we had to put him down this week. I tell you what, if you want to see a grown man cry, just be there when his dog passes away. I didn't think it would uh, rock my world the way it has. I mean, after all, he's just a dog, right? But, I mean, there's so much more than that. They're they're our family. And uh, I smile fondly on all those memories. And I'll tell you one little funny story about Maverick. One time when I was in college, see, I got him when I was 20. Uh, I was probably about 22, had gone out the night before and probably had one too many Lone Star beers. Came home, made myself a sandwich. I ate half of it. And I threw that the rest of that sandwich in his bowl. And uh, Maverick, he always waited for me to tell him before he could eat something. Anyway, I passed out. And I woke up the next morning, probably around 10 or 11 a.m., <laughs> rolled out of bed. And there's that dang dog sitting there, drooling, just looking at that sandwich, waiting for me to tell him to get it. <laughs> and I laughed. I felt terrible. I don't know if he ever slept or he just sat there staring at it for 10 hours. But those are the type of memories that make you smile and help you get through the grief and loss. So uh, I know we've all been there before. This is the first time I've had to do it. The sad thing is they don't live as long as us, you know. That's their only fault. But here's to, uh, to those dogs out there that left us way too soon. Um, we're about to hear a terrifying hog hunting story gone wrong. A reminder uh, really is what it is to everyone out there who, who does chase wild pigs. Uh, But before we do that, this segment of the show is brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy. Josh and Becky Gunther are the folks that I trust with all of my trophy mounts. doesn't matter if it's a trout, a whitetail, an exotic, or a black bear. If I want to have that memory to cherish forever, I let Josh and Becky handle the taxidermy. They've been taking care of me for five years now. And they'll do the same for you. They're trustworthy. They answer the phone when you call, and they give you a realistic turnaround time. You can find them by visiting gr8mounts.com. They're based out of Marion, Texas. That's outside of New Braunfels. And once again, the website is gr8mounts.com. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and bring on our next guest here, uh, joining us from Montag County, Texas. It is my pleasure to welcome Aaron and his mother, Carla Clark, to the show.
6: Thank you. Thank you.
0: It's a pleasure. Um, now, I know you guys hunt in Montag. Is that where y'all live as well? Yep. Montag yep. County? It's yes, sir. Uh-huh. I actually shot my first buck near Forestburg years ago, so enjoy Montague a lot. Lots of pigs, lots of big pigs. Um, yep. <laughs> and this boar that we're going to talk about today, uh, did you have this guy on camera for a long time, or was
2: yeah, I probably had him on the camera for probably two weeks prior to when I had shot out him and uh, uh-huh. I, he, he'd been coming in and I'd hunted him a couple of times in the daytime and he never came out. He was coming in about 9.30 or 10
1: uh-huh.
2: at night when he was coming in and and then I it finally got a night vision scope to try to kill him and when all that happened.
0: Oh, okay. So. Yeah. And, and Carla, were you actually hunting with Aaron that day?
6: No, I I was. Uh, he came over the next morning and wanted me to go help him track it. I have dogs that will follow the blood and track us. They're not they're not pig dogs. They're just they'll track the they're animals. Dogs. Yeah. yeah, she
2: she always helps me go find all my wounded animals. <laughs> <laughs>
6: forever, forever. It's not anything weird. It's just. <laughs> yeah.
2: Everybody asked why I took my mother with me. But that's- <laughs> Well, she it, always goes and tracks my wounded animals. Well,
6: the, do, the dogs won't work for anybody but me. That right. The, that's the issue. They won't go with him or my husband or anybody. They will only go with me. So,
0: uh-huh.
6: so we were just out tracking him the next morning.
0: Okay, so I'm just going to guess that you either have uh, some kind of Cur, a Lacy, or a Catahoula. It's, it's, got a, it's not a full Catahoula, but
2: it's got a little Catahoula, a little loggy in it.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. So you get your blood tracking dogs, y'all go out there, and now did you actually find any blood? Or, or, or Aaron, I mean, I don't know how confident you were about the shot at all.
2: Well, well, I tried to head shoot him, and I'd shot, and obviously he didn't drop, so I didn't feel too confident about the shot. But uh, we went back the next morning because I didn't want to track him that night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we went back the next morning and picked up his track, and uh, we tracked him several hundred yards just with his track and never found any blood. And uh, actually, we're about to give up. And and she had found a actually her and the dogs had found a, just a probably a pin size speck of blood underneath the fence and then we had continued on to go across the fence but I I don't think I ever hit the pig is the problem I don't I, I really don't know I never when I killed the pig I never found a wound on him mm. anywhere so we always laughed and said maybe he cut
0: his ear or something going
2: underneath <laughs> the fence <laughs> mm. wow
0: so, wow okay um, well so. So y'all are tracking him about to give up. What happens uh, at this point?
2: Well, we went ahead and continued to – we we crossed the fence and continued to uh, track his just his track because it was – I think it rained the night before is what had happened. Mm -hmm, And that may have been why we didn't find any other blood, though. But, uh, yeah, we continued to just follow his track and uh, got to a little clearing. And uh, we went – I went one way into uh, the brush – and she had stayed out in the opening with the dog, and uh, I wasn't in there probably a couple minutes, probably. Probably. And uh, she started screaming, "He's going to get me!" I thought she had started screaming, i he's going to get me, he's going to get me!" And I, of course, I had a pistol on me, and I ran back out. And he had already got her. I never, I didn't see anything happen, hmm. and uh, he would already got her and ran back up in the woods.
0: So, Carla, he, at this point, I'm going to ask you to, you know, give us kind of. You know, as far as your recollection is what happened,
6: well, we actually had found a spot under the trees that looked like he had wallowed, like the leaves were all turned up. I mean, a huge spot. Uh And I'm not sure that he wasn't laying there. And when we, he obviously probably could hear us coming, and he probably got in that. There was a big brush pile, and he went in one side of the brush pile, and the pig came out on the other side where I was standing. And my dog was sitting there beside me, but he never moved. But he went between my legs, and then he turned around and came back at me again, and went right back in where he came out, and then he never came out again.
0: Oh wow!
6: And that's when Aaron got out there.
2: Yeah, he actually he got her. I guess we were guessing he got her twice in between her legs on both
0: inside legs and then he actually went
2: past her and turned back around and, and got her again on the outside of her leg going back into the brush.
0: Wow, and this is a, a pr- pretty big sized hog which we're we're gonna get yeah. the stats on here in, in a minute, but so Carlo, at this point I mean, I imagine there's blood everywhere and you realize you're in, you know, bad shape.
6: <laughs> no, uh-huh. I didn't believe. I know that nobody believes that. Huh. But- Back to the hospital, the doctors even said, I mean, I didn't have a speck of blood between my legs, but on the outside of my gene where he got me last, there was a little bit. But that was all the way to the muscle. They could see the muscle when they sewed it up. Oh, wow. And
1: they
6: said they really don't know why it didn't bleed, because I don't know. Huh. I don't know why it did bleed. But he,
0: he did some damage, though, because you ended up with oh, yeah. how many stitches?
6: Well, they said sixty on the outside, and they couldn't tell me how many on the inside. And they told me on that outside one that he probably had some of some of my leg. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> <The> dark- <laughs>
2: I think it was such like a it was almost like a, a scaffold. You know, those teeth are so sharp. It was, I think it cut it so it was so sharp it cut it. And I'm not sure if that was the reason it didn't bleed
1: because
2: uh-huh. it's... He kept telling me when we were going back to the gator that she's like, we got to stop the blood. got I said, it's not bleeding. They're not bleeding at
0: all. Wow. Wow. So just really deep muscle wounds with his cutters.
2: Yeah, that one was all the way down. I mean, it's pretty gruesome, but you could see her. When she moved her
0: foot, you could see the muscle uh, moving back within her leg. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, so you get all stitched up some, I mean, 60 or 100 stitches later. I mean, quite a few. Uh, three yeah. really significant wounds where he got you. And uh, and then, I mean, what happens at this point? This boar just comes back around, or you, you keep hunting him? Or or what what happens then, Aaron? We
2: actually took dogs out. I had a, a buddies with dogs, and I actually took dogs out that night. We tried to get him uh, that night with dogs, and, and the dogs couldn't ever find him at that time. So we just left him alone. It was probably... Two weeks. Two weeks. Four, four I, I weeks kinda, you know, I left the camera on. Of course, the feeders are filled up. So, I think I checked it about a week later, and, he had, and he had come back once, I think, and then he continued to come back. And then, actually, I got him on ever ever feeder on the place. He, he's got white socks, and that's why one reason we could tell he was the same pig
0: hmm. is
2: because he had those white socks, and he was such a large pig. Well, there, you know, there's not that many of those running around.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I don't it, know. That might be a Montag County thing. I don't know how close you are to Forestburg, but my friend Don Gresham over there, he traps him, and uh, he trapped this one giant, oh, it was 270-pound boar that he tried for two years to get him. He finally got him. He'd come in the trap, but uh, he'd always get out before Don could trigger it, and he called him socks, too, because he had those white things around his, uh, you know, on, on yeah. all his feet.
2: Yeah, I've shot several. Uh, my brother's got a place over there off of Big Tree Road that's... He's, and we've killed several with white socks on that on that place too i don't know what it is
0: <laughs> it is weird though most most pigs don't look like that so um yeah. well so he comes out at this point you start seeing him on camera again and yep. did you shoot him at that same feeder yep same feeder i'd uh one sunday i believe
6: it was. it was it was actually so it was
2: sunny. sunny and uh i went out there and i said i'm gonna go try to hunt him tonight and i went out there and it he actually cloudy. it got cloudy and a rainstorm came in and he came out about eight forty five 45 and huh. the still you know hot for dark and i was able to shoot him before, before before dark shot him uh right behind the head and dropped him right in his tracks <laughs> oh
0: wow perfect so he,
2: didn't, he didn't go far that time <laughs> yeah and what
0: caliber were you using
2: uh that was a 22 250
0: mm-hmm oh wow okay uh, yeah so that just you uh, know proves placement is it's all about placement because that's not a really you know a round known no, for knockdown power.
2: No, huh, and I and I use it for everything. I deer hunt and pig hunt with it. It's and everybody tells me it's a too small of a caliber, but I always you know if you shoot them in the net, neck or the head, it's they're going to put them down.
0: Well, plus Carlos' dogs need to get some work once in a while yeah
2: <laughs> that's right. no, no, more, no more tracking yeah, she says no more tracking for me <laughs> yeah.
0: i don't i don't blame her i don't blame her so what did this pig end up uh weighing
2: he was 310
0: wow wow i mean anything over 250 is pretty doggone big anything over 300 yep. is just an absolute giant um yeah and how big how long were his cutters
2: you know, I never did. One of them was, broke off about halfway, right. and the other one, I never did measure that. It was probably, what do you think they were, about four or five yeah. Four
6: inches? Yeah, well, the, the, cut, sure. the cuts are five, five inches Well, long.
2: yeah, the cuts are five inches on her leg. I would say between four and five inches. I, I'm not real sure on the other
0: one. but they are they're big. <laughs> mm, wow, wow. Well, so, you know, there, there's a, a little bit of a happy ending there. Carla, were you glad to know that uh, he he wasn't around anymore?
6: Yes, I was because it's not too far from my house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Traveling around is not,
2: I mean, at any given time, he could be within two or three hundred yards of their house where they lived. So it was kind of, she was kind of on edge for a little while.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and for him to come out like that, it seems like not even wounded based on the, uh, just the one drop of blood and then you never saw any wounds when you ended up shooting him. Yeah. Cheating, uh, That just kind of proves that, hey, these, especially the big boars, are are very dangerous. I mean, we all know they kill dogs with, you know, hog doggers lose dogs all the time. But attacks on people are not that common. Uh, So when you hear about one, you know, it kind of serves as a reminder to, hey, you know, these big pigs are not to be taken lightly.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, well, Carla, what, uh, is there any advice you would leave with our listeners as far as, you know, anything you would have done differently or looking back on it?
6: Well, I'm a lot more cautious when I start walking into the woods now. I used to not be afraid. I would just tromp off in the woods and do anything, but I sure look around before I I think about it a long time before I go off in the woods. (laughs) Yeah. I always carry a deer rifle. No, I don't carry a handgun. I always have a deer rifle with me wherever I go, but I didn't that day because he had the pistol and he was in front of me, so I didn't carry a gun that day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I certainly appreciate you coming on the show to, uh, you know, talk about your misfortune. Hope don't don't take these hogs lightly because uh, they are very dangerous.
2: No, I would I would suggest if you had a
0: wounded hog or
2: something, I'd have definitely have dogs and 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 be ready for them.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're all right, Carla. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Aaron. Glad you were able to uh, ground check that big old boar eventually, and yep. obviously some battle scars, but a a happy ending here at the end of it.
6: Yep, Yep. I'm
0: alive. Sure. Yeah. Well, hey, y'all have a good one. Thank you so much for your time today.
6: Thank uh, you. Thank you.
0: Aaron and his mother, Carla Clark, from Montag County, Texas. Uh, hopefully that uh, close call will serve to remind some of us that feral hogs are not to be taken lightly, especially those big old nasty cantankerous boars. Uh, that segment of the show brought to you by Hercules Outdoor Industries. I encourage you to check out their hunting blinds. I've got one at my lease. It's the Taj Mahal. I mean, it's got windows for both bow hunters and rifle hunters. It's got carpet cup holders. It's roomy. It's got shelves. Check out their full lineup of blinds. They're based right here in Texas. You can go to HerculesOutdoorIndustries.com to see for yourself. Uh, let's take a break. Up next, we'll get to know the new Texas Parks and Wildlife Sherlunker Program Leader, Kyle Brashear surprisingly and despite ideal conditions this was a terrible year for share lunker entries one of the worst on record and we'll uh, pick kyle's brain on why he thinks that was did texas suddenly stop growing big bass surely not but uh, we'll dive into it next only on dsc's lone star outdoors show
1: all the pay i need comes shining through his eyes i don't cold water
4: to make me realize that I love my dog as much as I love you, For you may fade,
7: my dog will always come.
0: If you're in the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas, Louisville, Bobcat of Fort Worth, and Bobcat of Longview. Visit BobcatofDallas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. LSC Trailer Sales offers a full line of utility trailers, from small single axle trailers to heavy equipment trailers, ATV trailers, car haulers, landscape trailers, cargo trailers, truck beds, and more. They can special order a custom trailer to fit your needs and have the ability to customize standard models in-house. LSC Trailer Sales is here to assist you with any questions that you have about trailers. Call 940-566-1133 or visit lsctrailersales.com. That's lsctrailersales.com.
3: She's running up ahead to chase some deer Comes back to tell me that the coast is clear It's a different
1: world I see When it's just my dog and me
0: Little John Hyatt bringing us back on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show, brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith, and y'all know the theme of today's broadcast as uh, we've kind of been reminiscing about my old buddy of 14 years, my chocolate lab, Maverick, had to put him down this week. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my 34 years on God's green earth, but I will tell you this, that old son of a gun ate a $20 ribeye before I took him to the vet on that last day. Uh, You know, the kids were climbing all over him. They were all able to say their goodbyes. And even though that was uh, one of the last memories I have of him, that's one that will certainly stick with me for the rest of my life, that gentle, gray-bearded giant, as he always was. uh, Surely am going to miss him. But anyway, um, moving on here we are going to go ahead and talk some bass fishing this morning. But before we do that, this segment is brought to you by Rudy's True Texas Style Barbecue. They're open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So stop in at the newest Rudy's in front of the Cabela's in Allen, Texas, and enjoy Rudy's True Texas Style Barbecue. Well, um, as far as bass fishing goes, Texas has set the gold standard now for, well, since the 1980s, for sure, and continues to do so. And that's through our Share Lunker program, which Dave Campbell successfully oversaw for nearly 30 years uh, from the mid-80s to 2014, I believe is when Dave uh, stepped away and retired. And since then, you know, it's kind of lacked leadership. Well, we've got a new Texas Parks and Wildlife sharelunker program leader. He actually just took over the position here a couple weeks ago and uh, he's got a little different background than most of our other program leaders within the department, but nevertheless, it is my pleasure to welcome Kyle Brookshire to the show.
7: Thank you, it's good to be
0: with you. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the new position as our Sherylunker program leader.
7: Thank you, thank you, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, well, you got big shoes to fill, you know, Dave Campbell, he left a a legacy there. Uh, You know, he headed up the program basically since its inception until, oh, I guess maybe 18 months, two years ago. Um, And uh, you're taking over now. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
7: Uh, Well, actually, my background uh, comes mainly from education Uh uh, and uh, angling as well. So I'm an avid competitive angler, grew up fishing my whole life. Um, I've even done some competing on the professional circuit. So. Oh, wow. Most of my background comes from that side.
1: So uh-huh.
7: I'm going to rely on my biologist team to help me on the other side.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, okay, that's a little different approach there, but a good one, I think, uh, to have someone who's been, like you said, on a professional circuit uh, chasing these big bass. Uh, you know, for the average guy gal, gal, you probably relate to us a little more than a biologist would anyway. Uh, yeah. So let's discuss what happened here in the... 2015-2016 Sherylanker season, mm-hmm. which runs from October through the end of April. And Kyle, it was honestly one of the worst Sherylanker seasons on record with only two entries total.
7: Yeah, unfortunately, we did only have two. Um, and so I just recently uh, moved into position. and uh, So I'm coming in at the end of the Sherylanker season, uh, this past one, the 2015-16 Um, so I'm still gaining some perspective and internal perspective, especially on that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think that, you know, a lot of the rain and the weather that we've had the past few years uh, may have some things to do with that. You know, we don't have any data to support that, but it definitely is kind of seemed to have a trend with us. And that's something we're looking into for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, and just backing up a little bit for anyone who's not familiar with the shareholder program. Uh, basically like we said it runs from october through april any angler legally catching a 13 plus pound or 13 or, or larger largemouth bass can enter it into the program and texas Parks and wildlife would love for you to enter uh, into the program in previous years you know it's, it's usually between eight and 15 or so uh, entries that we see sometimes more sometimes a couple less but just you know ballpark it there this year we only had two and with the conditions after all this rain we've had the last two years, I personally would have thought, oh, this is going to be great for big bass production.
7: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's what we all kind of thought. Um, but just with the rising water of the lakes, and I think the clarity of the water um, may have something to do that as well. Um, you know, rain causes a lot of variables, especially lots of rain. Um, and so, one, it changes the water clarity, and two, it rises the lake water level Um, And so I think that makes it difficult from an angler standpoint, especially during, you know, most of our share linkers come in March and April. Mm -hmm. And so sight fishing is a big part of that, especially from from an angler perspective. And so, you know, when the water comes up, that changes the depth at which the fish were spawning at um, or are still spawning at. And so the anglers got to adjust to that. But they also have to adjust to the clarity of the water. You know, if you get a lot of rain, a lot of water, all at once that can muddy up the, up the lake. And so that makes it very difficult to see those fish Sight mm. fishing kind of becomes almost non-existent. Yeah. So I think that can play a big factor, um, especially with, you know, anglers catching most of our share anchor entries during March and April.
0: Sure. Well, yeah, we, um, uh, every month we visit with a longtime bass fishing guide, Charles, why did he's uh, caught a Sher linker himself and put a, an angler, one of his, uh, clients on another one. And he's a big-time sight fisherman. That's how they caught both of those uh, share lunkers. He said this year site fishing was pretty much a non-factor. Uh, so yeah. just to kind of reiterate what you just said there, that's his favorite way to, to catch big fish. And he said, ah, this year we just really didn't get to do it because of all the rain.
7: Yeah, and, you know, another thing with that is uh, we will get more colder rains in the early springtime. And so what that can do is keep your water temperature lower, and so that can also postpone your spawn. Um, or not necessarily all of your spawn, but the peak of the spawn. You know, normally it may happen mid-March, and now it may be happening later, closer into April.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I don't know how much you know, all of the new water also would have the fish spread out. I don't know if that's something y'all were looking at or not.
7: Yeah, it has the potential to do that. Like I said, we don't have any major supporting evidence, mm-hmm. uh, just especially since you know, in the past few years we've gotten so much rain. Uh, But, yeah, I would say that that could play a factor into it. The more uh, water you get, the higher the level the lake gets, the more surface area there is, the more cover there is in the water. And so, therefore, it could, you know, in turn spread out your fish. Right, right.
0: Um, Let's talk about the rain and how it actually affects the spawn. Uh, I mean, I honestly have no idea. Like I said, I'm not a biologist. You're not either. But as someone who's been bass fishing their entire life, uh, do you think the flooding is beneficial for – know bass recruitment or do you think it has a negative effect?
7: You know I I think it it can be both Uh, like I said earlier with a lot of rain um, and if it if that rain comes at the ideal time of the spawn um, then that can raise the water levels and keep the water temperature lower you know bass like a spawn in a certain temperature um, and so their internal clock may be telling them not yet not yet um, because the water temperature is remaining colder Mm -hmm. and so um, I think in, in some regards, if the, if the lake is higher before the spawn and it maintains that level, I think that could definitely be a benefiting factor to the spawn, but if the rain comes during the spawn, I know that especially for an angler, um, it can be maybe negative. Um, but I uh-huh. wouldn't say that there's not really any supporting evidence that shows that it would cause a negative effect on the actual spawn and the fish population.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Like we said, the, the fish numbers, the big fish numbers were down. We still had, like Toledo Bend still produced a lot of 10-pound fish, you know, so that lake was really hot this year. What other lakes did you see producing a lot of, uh, of big fish?
7: Yeah, um, Lake Fork is obviously our biggest producer sure. uh, of Sherlockers. It's got you know, just under 50% of all Sherlocker entries have come from Lake Fork, and that's since the inception of the program.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, and it's definitely due in part to the management practices that are put in place there. Um, and it also is uh, has produced some of our biggest fish, not just you know 13 to 14 pounds, but it's
0: oh yeah the well, um, state record. Uh, what is that? Barry St. Clair's, I think his was like 18 something.
7: Yeah, it was 18, 18. Yeah. Um, but you know, like like you said, Toledo Bend has got a lot of recognition, and I, I really believe that Toledo Bend and Sam Raven are going to send out some more sharelunkers this year. Um, it seems like every year they get bigger and bigger, and there's more and more people that are catching them. So I think those two are definitely going to be very popular here in the next coming years. Mm -hmm. Um, Surprisingly, Alan Henry has been uh, a really big producer of Sherlankers, and that's a small lake. You know, Sam Rayburn is a little over 100,000 acres, and Alan Henry is just shy of 3,000 to give you a comparison. And then Lake Fork, which is just shy of 30,000 acres. So Mm -hmm. those uh, those are kind of our top producers. They've been our top producers.
0: Well, and Alan Henry, I think actually did turn out one of the two share lunkers this year. It uh, did. Yes. Which I was just looking back through the records, um, and it, it was funny because that same angler had caught one on Alan Henry. Uh, I don't remember if it was seven or ten years prior, but that was his second one on that same on that same lake. mm
7: mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 He knows the lake well.
0: <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Yeah, he sure does. Since and, and I like I said, we've never talked before. You're brand new at this position. Uh, Now that I know you're, you know, you have professional angling experience, why don't you, uh, and I never used to ask Dave this stuff because, you know, he was more on the biology side, but why don't you talk about your favorite technique to catch uh, a post-spawn fish and where they're hanging out?
7: Um, Post-spawn fish are very tricky. It's honestly the hardest time for me to figure them out because they go from being on the beds to being exhausted from spawning, and so now they're transitioning they're kind of an awkward transition from spawn to post-spawn and during the post-spawn they kind of are gearing up to move out deep uh, to their summertime holes. and so being able to find them in between and, and really honestly you can if you hit it just right you can catch them shallow and deep uh, I would say that um, my favorite way is to get them early and get them shallow um, there's a really good frog bite that happens around this time of year um, and my favorite technique I guess Throughout the year is a slim jig, and so that's probably one of the
1: hmm. my
7: uh, I guess my two rods are always on the deck this time of year. But as they start moving deeper, I'll start throwing deeper baits, uh, such as a crankbait. Um And they really start feeding up for the summer. They're they're looking for uh, for forage, and that's normally a good search bait to, to start finding the deep schools.
0: Okay, well, and just to wrap things up here, what is your personal best largemouth?
7: My personal best. <laughs> it's funny you should ask that. I every time I have Caught a very big fish. I didn't have a scale with me. Um, I was the one time I had a scale at where he just shy of 10 pounds. Awesome. Uh, but I caught I caught another one here a few months back that I would say was bigger, but I would say it's probably nine or 10 pounds. Uh-huh. I'm still still waiting to bust that shark size.
0: Yeah. Where did you catch that one?
7: A small private lake.
0: Well, cool. Well, hey man, congrats again. Uh, exciting stuff. Having you on as our share lunker program leader. Uh, you know, obviously. Uh, there's a lot of history and tradition with this program. Texas is very proud of their largemouth bass, and they should be. Uh, you know, I'd say they're the gold standard when it comes to big bass. And uh, it's great to have you on board. Thank you. It's great to be here. So there he is our new Texas Parks and Wildlife Sherlunker Lunker Program Leader, Kyle Brookshire. Big shoes to fill. Uh, I think he's going to do a great job. Uh, nice to get to know him a little bit and talk some bass fishing here this morning. That segment of the show, by the way, brought to you by Blocker's all-new H-U-I Hog Under the Influence Attractant. It's available in the Cinehog flavor. It smells like a hot Cinnabon, and what stinky old feral hog wouldn't like that? I tell you what, check it out at ScentBlocker.com. It's the H-U-I Hog Under the Influence. And by the way, if you use the promo code LONESTAR, you can save on anything that you order at ScentBlocker.com. Not just the HUI, but any apparel or gear that you find there as well. Check it out, ScentBlocker.com. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll take a trip down to the Texas Hill Country and visit the historic Y.O. Ranch. When it comes to famous ranches in the Lone Star State, few have been as significant as the Y.O., especially when it comes to exotic hunting you know, all those axis deer you see running around free range in the hill country. Yeah, they all originated right there at the Wyo Ranch uh, some 60 years ago. So the Wyo really has deep roots when it comes to uh, not only hunting, but of course ranching. And then as a Texas Anything historical site, we'll get into all of that twice. up next on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show.
6: My, oh
1: my, friends, good friends, friends for life.
3: Yes, we're friends, good friends, friends for life.
0: Cable Smith here for Lone Star Ag Credit. We all know land is a limited commodity. Let's face it, they're not making any more of it, but everybody wants it. Whether that's to build a house, hunt deer, or run cattle, allow Lone Star Ag Credit to help make that land your land They've been doing it since 1917. For more information, visit lonestaragcredit.com to let them help you finance your piece of Texas today. We all love fishing, but private water fishing makes the experience even more enjoyable. Private means private, and when you reserve one of over 50 private lakes, that means you're the only one on the water lakes are stocked and professionally managed to grow big bass and most have boats on site at no charge you'll catch bigger numbers and bigger fish than on public water silence solitude and no crowds it's a great way to introduce kids and grandkids into the outdoors visit privatewaterfishing.com to become a member today do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease we have the solution the system hog trap
5: Hey, North Texas sports fans. This is Brian Spagnola, general manager of Texas Motorcars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorcars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles, and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at one 888 9 Motors. My old friend. No, you never let me down as years went by. You went on your way and I went mine. Like the wind, my old friend.
6: Old friend,
0: one of my favorites there from Cody Jinx, bringing us back on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show, brought to you by Lone Star Beer. And- Off Power Polaris, I'm Cable Smith, and I appreciate you being here, Let me ride shotgun with you on a lovely weekend, one that, uh, you know, as far as the week goes, has been a tough one for me. Uh, Y'all are aware by now that uh, we had to bury my hunting buddy of 14 years, uh, old Maverick, Uh, had some complications that, you know, really just were side effect from old age. Uh, We had to make that tough decision to put him down, and uh, like I said earlier in the show, the text, the emails, the comments on social media have been overwhelming. Thank you once again from the bottom of my heart. Uh, it certainly has meant a lot. Um, we are all set to discuss one of Texas' most iconic ranches and the role that it's played in exotic hunting, not only in Texas, but I mean, if there's exotic animals on a ranch, it stems from the YO. But before we take a look at this historic Texas landmark ranch, this segment of the show brought to you by Costa Sunglasses. You can go to costadelmar.com, customize your own pair of shades any way you want from the lens to the frame and style. They've got a litany of options where you can mix and match, really make your sunglasses yours. Uh, And you can do that all right there at costadelmar.com. Costa, see what's out there. Well, moving right along here, let's go ahead and bring on our next guest. Uh, she's been at the Y.O. for some time now and has seen it uh, transition from what it once was to the new Y.O. Ranch headquarters. She is the director of tourism. It is my pleasure to welcome Debbie Hagabush to the show.
4: Hi, Cable. It's great to, you have me.
0: Oh, it was so nice meeting you the other weekend. I, I truly enjoyed my time out at the Y.O. Ranch headquarters. So I'm really excited about this interview today because... You know, when people think of historic Texas ranches that, you know, maybe the King Ranch, the Wagner, and the Y.O. are the first ones that come to mind, there's so much history at this place. Um, I believe it was once, I think it was 560-something thousand acres?
4: Yes, it was, 563,000 acres. Wow,
0: wow. So, And it was owned by the Schreiner family, I guess, from way back in the 1880s?
4: Uh, yes, uh, Captain Shriner was the one, uh, he was the Charlie Shriner number one who came over from Europe in 1852, mm-hmm. and he built this ranch up um, mostly by driving over 500 and, I mean, 330,000 head of cattle up the Great Western Trail, um, but when he turned 79, he split the entire ranch up between his eight children.
0: Wow, okay. Well, so they're all still left with a pretty nice chunk of, of acreage for sure. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, and there's a, you know, you can drive around the ranch and actually see historical buildings with, you know, the Texas historical landmark, like, uh, plaques on them.
4: Oh, yes. Uh, we have one, um, that used to be a remount station for the Pony Express, um, and another that was an old schoolhouse outside of Kerrville. All, uh, both are over a hundred years old, but you can stay in them, actually.
0: Well, and I, I just love, you know, Texas history is something I've always been fascinated by, and... The Texas Longhorn is also synonymous with the Y.O. I guess, though, you know, you fast forward to, say, I guess the early 1950s, and I think it's Charlie III who is widely considered uh, the forefather of, of introducing exotic wildlife for the purpose of hunting uh, onto the Texas landscape.
4: Uh, yeah, we actually, in the mid uh, late 50s, um He was responsible for bringing blackbuck antelope onto the ranch. We got them from the San Antonio Zoo. And that was followed closely by Audad and Axis from the uh, San Diego Zoo in California. Hmm. And the hunters that were coming out here hunting whitetail were all of a sudden seeing these different animals running around the ranch and wanted to start hunting them. Wow. So that's how it all started.
0: Yeah. And so let me ask you this. when was the ranch you know obviously it's since been high fenced was that something i mean when he first started bringing these animals i imagine there weren't any high fences he just let them go
4: oh yeah but you know this is way back when the ranch was a lot bigger
0: yeah. yeah but
4: obviously high fence is needed now
0: oh for sure for sure but you can still see uh... i mean there's different sections of the ranch it's been broken up you know so many times uh... by this point but these animals are still running around just like they always have
4: oh they do and and it, this is so like their natural habitat that they are very content and happy and they're breeding and and so that you know that's where the hunting plays an important role um you know controlling the numbers mm-hmm. Definitely. And,
0: and so he was the first also to bring over uh axis deer and when you think about axis deer they go hand in hand with the texas hill country both you know behind fences but also just free roaming there's
4: they are.
0: Uh, yeah, and it, they're you know absolutely beautiful species. One of my favorite ones to hunt, and that, I had the pleasure of, of taking a, a, a lovely 32 incher um, with you guys. And I have to say, the the PH that oversees the the hunting program, uh, Pavel is he, he was absolutely a delight to hunt with.
4: Uh, We get that from everybody. Um, You know, Pavel was actually a professional hunter in Cameroon for many years, Mm -hmm. and we are very fortunate to have him here.
0: Yeah. Well, and and that's the other thing. Some of the stories he has chasing jungle uh, elephant, uh, (laughs) bongo, um, lord derby, eland. I mean, just some of the species, uh, just absolutely incredible. And he actually, I guess he's been there about eight months and has... I mean, I thought I knew a lot about access deer. He was educating me while while we were driving around. Um, oh
4: yeah, he, and he loves to hunt. He loves to take people hunting, and um, he puts his all into it. And you know, I told you when you were here that everybody wants to take him back,
0: yeah. wants to take him home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, as someone who loves to hunt year round, you know, uh, exotic hunting in Texas is is really a staple, and just to know the, the tradition and, and to go to a place where it all originated uh, was truly an, an awesome experience. Um, in addition to, you know, world-class axis deer, though, there's also, I know, uh, a nice herd of uh, syca, um two different species of cyca and then uh, fallow deer. You've got uh, some some of the more higher-end exotics, eland. Um, what are some of the other ones that y'all have? Oh,
4: greater kudu, waterbuck, um. We have Nilgai, a huge herd of Nilgai on here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, boy, we have Red Stag, Buffalo, Black yeah. Hawaiian Sheep, and um, Iranian Red Sheep. Yeah. A great variety of animals.
0: Which I saw actually outside of the uh, outside of the Wild Ranch headquarters. I saw some Red Sheep just running around when I was driving out. It was pretty cool. Oh,
4: yeah. that's great. Yeah,
0: you never know what you're going to see. That's true. Uh huh. Getting back to the history, though, the Schreiner family. I guess maybe about 20 years ago or so, they just kind of started to let the place go. I mean, it hadn't been updated or renovated until Mr. Sadler came in and purchased it here last fall.
4: Yes, we are so thrilled to have uh, Byron and Sandra Sadler as the new owners. Um, They came in and purchased 5,400 acres of the YO Ranch, basically the working part of the ranch, mm-hmm. um, and the remaining 22,000 acres were basically just split up between the four siblings. So.
0: Yeah, and I understand that. They're kind of bickering over who gets what, and it's all <laughs> locked up. It
4: happens every fourth generation. I think the King Ranch, it happened too.
0: Yeah, it's great that Mr. Sadler was able to come in, and, and he saw the value in not letting this historic piece of Texas history just slip away.
4: Oh, I mean, that's our tagline, you know, keeping the history and traditions of the legendary YO Ranch alive. Mm-hmm. Um, well, part of their plan is to have a museum on here because we did secure a lot of the um, uh, paperwork and stuff from the old general store from the 1800s that the Schreiner family owned. And so we're going to be hiring a historian and, and oh, wow. you know, keeping it all alive.
0: Uh-huh. Very cool. Very cool. So in addition to the uh, phenomenal hunting, I mean, even when the uh, the ranch was starting to get a little bit run down the, the animals never left like we said they've always been there they okay. don't care what you know the buildings look like but uh everything's being updated a new uh hunting lodge is being built uh, with actually reclaimed wood that he went around uh the ranch and and took all this old wood and is now making a beautiful you know yeah. b- accommodations for the hunters
4: yeah they we've used um there We found so many buildings that were just falling down, and, and we took the wood from there and renovated all of the cabins, and now we are in the midst of building 16 new cabins, mm-hmm. and the whole uh, facade of these cabins is going to be an old western town.
0: Yeah, I got to see it. It's uh, I guess it's nearing its completed stage, but uh, still a little work to be done. It was a very cool concept there. But in addition to the hunting, I mean, like we said, a a destination for tourists that are interested in in Texas history and ranching history.
4: Oh, Uh, absolutely. Yeah, we offer exotic wildlife tours um, where you go out in an open vehicle, and they are private tours, uh, and you get to feed the giraffes. Um, We also offer horseback riding, uh, paintball, sporting clays. We can do just about anything here, Um, but we are finding... Now a lot of the hunters are bringing their family along because if they don't want to go out hunting, they have plenty of other things to do.
0: Swimming pool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it really was a treat for me uh, to to not only get to experience the, the hunting, but uh, the whole like we said, just the iconic nature of this of this great ranch. And I appreciate you having me out. It was it was really a an honor.
4: Well, we really enjoyed having you out, and I hope you'll come visit us again.
0: And where can folks find you, say, if they want to book a hunt? Like, we mentioned some of the species. You guys are on Facebook. I know you just got an Instagram page going. Yes,
4: yes, yeah. And make sure, because um, Wyo Ranch still has their stuff up, even though they are no longer a business. Um, but we are Wyo Ranch headquarters. So you can find us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, um, And uh, we do have our uh, YORanchHeadquarters.com website.
0: Awesome. Well, Debbie, it was so nice visiting with you today. I look forward to uh, my next trip out there and uh, seeing all the exciting new stuff that the the Saddlers have done and are continuing to do uh, with this great ranch.
4: Well, thank you, Cable, and you're always welcome.
0: All right. Take care. Thank you all right there she goes debbie haggabush the tourism director at the historic y-o ranch headquarters Uh, that segment of the show by the way brought to you by port aransas on mustang island the fishing capital of texas plus if you go down to port a get on some fish the local restaurants will cook up your catch for you right there on the beach at sundown come fish and play texas island style visit portaransas.org for more info well, just looking at the clock here, man, we've got to go. Got to get out of here. Time flies when you're having fun. I've had a lot of it today. Hope you all have as well. I do want to say thanks to all of our guests. Of course, Debbie Hagabush from the Wyo Ranch headquarters. Also, Greg Pavor from Pavor Outdoors. Kyle Brookshire, our new Texas Parks and Wildlife Sherlunker program leader. And Aaron and Carla Clark from Montag County, Texas. It was great having them join us today as well. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. And also, thanks for helping us say goodbye to our old four-legged buddy, Maverick. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith. So saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors.
6: We'll meet again. Don't know where. Don't know when. But I know we'll meet again Some sunny day
2: So long, Maverick.